Climb Unfiltered. Brought to you by Investor Ladder. Hello, this is Ivan Meekins, host of the Climb Podcast. Today we're kicking off episode one. We're going to kick off with a remarkable entrepreneur. Justin Breen is a best-selling author and founder of the global PR firm Brepic. Justin is by his own definition a man of patterns, numbers, and finding simple solutions to complex problems. It's one of his unique abilities, let's say. Justin's actually got a fascinating take on what it means to be an entrepreneur. He talks about how many people who find themselves running a business do it as a coping mechanism, a way to live with something that's kind of broken inside of them, which was interesting. In this interview, we will discover what Justin thinks makes an entrepreneur do what they do. We're going to pick out some of Justin's favorite tips taken straight from his best-selling book, Epic Life, How to Build Collaborative Global Companies While Putting Your Loved Ones First. This is a conversation that dives deep into what lies at the heart of entrepreneurship and innovation, and I'm super excited to be part of it and to share it with you guys. So let's get stuck in. Justin, thank you so much for joining us, Climb23 Podcast. Yeah, it's been an interesting trip to get to Leeds. Four flights and a train ride and very good representation of entrepreneur life. Planes, trains, and automobiles. That old movie. Correct. <laughs> That's a good point. Quite, uh, quite an adventure. <laughs> yes, except I do not look like John Candy and or Steve Martin. <laughs> no, no, you do not. How are you finding Climb23 so far? Well, you know, very grateful for Gordon Bateman. You know, it takes someone like him, a true visionary, to create something like this. And most of my day is talking to people like Gordon and then and connecting them to people like Gordon. So I don't I don't really talk to humans or business owners or, or consultants. I just talk to people like Gordon. When you see someone like Gordon who has a vision and then he actually does something about it, I'm I'm very grateful for that because people like him benefit the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think you do yourself a, a disservice there because I think you also have a vision yourself, which you executed with the company Brepic, global PR firm. Do you want to just give us a bit of a rundown into how that vision came about? Well, one, I appreciate the compliment. So if you're not a litmus test for people you serve, you're a hypocrite. So the purpose of my life is to be a connecting superhero for every visionary who shares their stories with the world. So I'm a visionary who shares my story with the world. So I'm just as much of a visionary as, as Gordon is. And and I found being an entrepreneur for six years, the only people who actually understand what I'm talking about are, are visionaries. And then they're the only ones I can help. And then I just connect them to other people like that. And then they're the ones that help everyone else. So I'm either spending time with my family or connecting people like Gordon to people like Gordon. I've, I've found all this other stuff, this business owner stuff takes care of itself. But so most of my days talking to visionary ideators that are all over the place, ADD, mm. diagnosed or undiagnosed, and they're blah, 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 blah. And then my brain hears no, 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 yes, pattern. No, 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 yes, answer. No, 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 yes, connection. So my brain turns everything into patterns. And the formula for creating a successful global company is a very simple pattern. As you see a problem, create solution, problem solve, successful global company. So... I was a journalist for 20 years, created an entire business based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years, saw a problem, created a solution, problem solved, successful global company, and, and second company annoyed by platforms that let everyone in because people like Gordon don't have, they don't have time for that. So created yeah. high price point, invite only connectivity platform. It's the same formula. And then, and the book 
Epic Life is how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. And the problem with that is I talk to one to two people like Gordon every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from having a family. So that's a problem. The book yeah. is a solution, problem solve successful global companies. So I look at the book and, and network and whatever you want to call PR firm is just solutions to the problem. Right. Why do you think for with entrepreneurs in particular, that's such a problem? I mean, if you're focusing on the, the, the personal life and people oh. working and the sacrifice of their for friends and family, like why particularly mm -hmm. is that a problem for entrepreneurs, do you think? Yep. It's a good follow-up question. Again, my brain simplifies everything into patterns. So, <laughs> and all I do is talk to entrepreneurs. So not business owners, not humans, consultants. And so what a true entrepreneur is, a true entrepreneur is the most damaged person, the most damaged person with the best coping skills. So what does that mean? I have not met one person like Gordon in the last two years that has not been at least three of the following four things. Most people I talk to are all four now, but they're at least three of the four. Okay. So this is what separates entrepreneurs from humans and everyone else. So the fourth thing is bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Two, depression. Three, the highest level of anxiety that you can imagine. And four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So for humans, business owners, consultants, those are excuses. For entrepreneur, you know, whatever, figure it out. And so what happens in that process is the entrepreneur has this extraordinarily high IQ or EQ or hustle or drive, things that someone you know, regular person just doesn't have those. That's why they're not creating things like this event. But what happens, unfortunately, is the entrepreneurs use those coping skills many times to create things like this, and then many times at the expense of a family or spending time with their loved ones or anything meaningful because they use those coping skills to create all this stuff, which is great. But I'm just a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur, and I talk to one to two folks every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from having a family, and I would never do that. So you mentioned four things. You know, you as an entrepreneur, you know, owning a, an organization. Yeah. Which one of those do you identify with oh, the most? Three, three of the four. I mean, <laughs> right. no, I mean, it, it, so it was very interesting, and I'll answer that in more detail, but. So when I first started first company in 2017, the first three or four years I was talking to, I was still talking to small business owners and even some employees, some consultants, and they were one or two, maybe three of those four. Now it's all threes and fours. There's no, I haven't talked to anyone under three in, in several years. And I'm not talking about silver spoons. That's a totally different, totally different discussion. So I'm three of the four, knock on wood, I haven't had to worry about bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Although started first company after job salary was cut in half and couldn't find a job. Incorporated with zero business background. And then while I was working full-time at half the salary over six weeks, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So most people can't do that. That's why they're not. Right. You know, so, and then did that. And then that was just to get first company started. So certainly three out of the four things, but I found the really, 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 really successful ones are usually all fours. Okay. You got three of the four. So how did that manifest themselves to you in, in your life? You know, if you talk about, you know, if you, what three were they and, and how did Everything they affect Everything except you? bankruptcy. Everything except bankruptcy. Yeah. Okay. And how did that affect you personally and, and or your you know, family? So my litmus test is my father, who was 61 when I was born, he'd be 107 if he was alive now. 
He was born in 1916, and then he was a World War II hero, shot down multiple times in combat, many times without a parachute, and he just got back into a plane. So that's my litmus test. You're either someone that can do that or you can't. And I don't understand someone who makes an excuse. It's illogical to me. So regardless of the the three of the four things that I that I went through, and I'm very glad I did, because that's when you actually learn what actually matters in life, but it was never an excuse. Never. There are no excuses at the highest level. At the highest level, no excuses. That's what separates entrepreneurs from everyone else. You just figure it out. But at the end of 2018, a little less than two years into journey, I'd made more money in one year than I ever thought possible and never been more miserable in my life. So that was a excellent learning experience because yeah. I truly, and now companies make much more than that, but I learned that money is not what, that's not the driver. That's not the motivation. So I'm very grateful I went through that. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned, and I really like the line, you know, most entrepreneurs are the most damaged people with the best coping That's mechanisms. Yeah. And and I think, you know, you, you've explained it so well about the, the damaged piece, but what about sort of the coping mechanisms 100%. here, right? So, so talk to me a little bit about coping mechanisms that entrepreneurs go through and how that affects them. So I look at things in a, in a logical, scientific way many times. So, and I see the world in numbers. I see the world as numbers and in keywords. Most people don't, don't see the world like that, but a lot of the people I actually talk to do see things in, in that way or in shapes and patterns. So we'll start with IQ. IQ 140 and above is a genius. That's less than 1% of the population. That's less than 1%. Almost everyone I talk to is over 140, at least 140. The lowest IQ of anyone I've talked to in the last two years is 131. That's still for a human, incredibly smart. And, and do you make an active choice to like not speak to people below that? Or is it just naturally the way it's happening? No, I don't. Well, excellent follow-up. When I first started a company, I was still talking to, but so my brain turns everything to pairs. So when you, I just keep writing bigger checks in smaller rooms, but the people in those rooms are making bigger impact. That allows me to spend biggest check, biggest investment in, in smallest room, which is my family where I can make the most impact. And so in those small rooms with higher impact people, they're all, <laughs> they're all one, they're the most damaged, but two, there's no, there's no one under 131 in that, in that room. Why? Because entrepreneurs are the most damaged people with the best coping skills. So they have the highest IQ, the highest EQ, the like me reaching out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. While that was certainly difficult. I mean, my favorite my fa- I mean, favorite's the wrong word. My favorite PR, uh, if you ever want to call it PR, whatever my firm does, but partnership. This is the typical entrepreneur story. He, he, so his grandfather was decapitated in front of him in Burma when he was a child. Wow. Well, that's, yeah, okay. Nope. <laughs> You'll say, well, that's what entrepreneur Keep going. <laughs> And then, uh, so he and his dad went to Hong Kong with a couple bucks in their pockets when he was a kid. And he created two eight-figure businesses. And then he hired hired my PR firm to... He created an at-home robot for his mom who has Alzheimer's dementia and then the robot the robot has like a pill dispenser and a drone it keeps people with Alzheimer's dementia keeps them company or occupied so that's what that's what an entrepreneur is I mean yeah. that's an extreme example but that's I mean so I talked to an entrepreneur and you know they talk about all this stuff that they've got going on and then then I say those four things and and without exception now they're like check 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 or check 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 or check 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 (laughs) or they go all four how'd you know that i go well all i do is talk to people like you and see the the answer and when you know the answer you eliminate the non-answer but sure but again in those smaller rooms with the bigger investment they're all like that 
Interesting. So do you, do you feel like entrepreneurial sort of innovation is a symptom or a result of, of people trying to cope? That's exactly what it is. And it's, it's, it's not only that, but again, formula for creating a successful global company is you see the problem, you create the solution, you solve it. And so the coping thing is you actually see the problem, but then more importantly, you do something about it. So talk is meaningless to me. Ideas are meaningless to me without execution. So the folks that don't have the coping skills or the EQ or the IQ, they'll talk about something and they won't do anything about it. And that's, that's for me, that's a pointless conversation. And for any entrepreneur who's a true visionary, that's a pointless conversation also because they're talking to people that aren't going to do anything with what you're saying anyway. Mm. So I just focus on the people that will actually do something because they allow me to spend time with my family and they're the only ones I can actually help anyway because they're the only ones that are actually going to do it. Interesting. Do you feel like with a lot of entrepreneurs or, or, or people, not, let's say before they become entrepreneurs who have some traumatic thing in their life or who, who are damaged, are there things that they can learn to become better at coping or do you 100%. think that's naturally? So you're a relator. You're a relator and a bridge, and I appreciate that. Well, what, uh, what does that mean? So just explain. Because like, you want to relate to the audience and you want to help them to give them an answer, and I appreciate it. So you're trying to bridge my brain to to more of a, a humanity brain, so I appreciate that. That's what we try and do on this podcast. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. So I, you just, okay, so I, you wanted more context than that. I'm very low in context on Strength Finder, so I'm just, I'm just flying or the plane. I don't really like to land it, but I appreciate you making me land the plane there. So people like me usually, usually, not always, but usually marry stabilizing humans, teacher, social worker, my wife's a pediatrician, a nurse, a grounded, grounded human. And the coping skills. So you're either, you're either born top entrepreneur on planet or you're not. I'm, you're either born someone like Gordon or me or you're not. I'm firmly convinced of that because if, if more, there were more people born like Gordon and me, then they would be doing it, but they're not doing it. They're making an excuse or they're being employed by people like that. And that's fine. Thank God for that. Otherwise it'd be, I mean, if everyone was like Gordon and me, it'd be anarchy. In the <laughs> so, right. So that's good. But so I was really thinking about this the other day and I, I was on another show where the host asked a question and really got me thinking. And it's how I learned in real time. These shows are I learn in real time. And then talking to top entrepreneurs, I learn in real time. But so a stabilizing human spouse or partner in the mindset equivalent to that, the stabilizer is gratitude. And that's what the entrepreneur can learn. You're, okay. If you're born like this, and so what, is, what does that mean, the gratitude? So first thing I do every day is a grateful journal to my wife, what I'm grateful for for her. The previous 24 hours, so I've done that for done that for years. It gets me in the habit of just appreciating her constantly and saying thank you and grounding, grounding in them. Six days a week, six days a week, including today. I woke up at 4 a.m. to run, but I run outside no matter the the weather conditions. And then I listen to shows like this. So you're fueling the the brain, the heart, the lungs, the muscles. Sure. And then five days a week, and I'll include this interviewing that, do a grateful journal on LinkedIn, what I'm grateful for that day, and basically use it as a commercial for other people. And what that is, is if you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful. And that gratitude attracts gratitude, grateful visionaries, and then it repels arrogance and um, people Mm -hmm. that aren't grateful and people that make excuses. So I found a stabilizing human at home is the same as having a grounded, grateful mindset in your head. Interesting. It's true, but I completely agree. But I like the fact that you linked being 
grateful and having gratitude with attracting people because it sounds to me like it is the people that you spend your time with matter a lot when you know to, to you but also to the success that you've you've had in business Do you, would you say that's fair well not only is it fair it's accurate it's correct i mean so i mean this is a prime example like gordon read Gordon, I didn't know who Gordon was. Gordon read my book and he's like, hey, would you like to speak at this event? And I'm like, okay, great. And then one of the main sponsors for this event is Guy Remond and his company and Gary Fletcher. And I know them through Abundance 360 and Strategic Coach. And they had no idea that Gordon had asked me to do this. And so when you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network and creates the right opportunities. So mm. I just focus on my mindset that attracts the right network. And then those opportunities just like this are created. So I haven't done anything outbound in years. I just focus on the gratitude and spending time with my family. And that attracts people like Gordon and Guy and Gary, who are also grateful and also focus their time on their family. And then opportunities are created. And being a litmus test for the people that I serve allows me to do things like this. And then that helps the people I serve because people talk to me and then they want to talk to the people I'm associated with. So it just yeah. creates endless abundance. It becomes a very small world, I suppose. A very you, big, small world. Yeah. Well, you're again, excellent bridge. It's just a giant small world and it never stops ever. And, and people like me are usually, but not always aliens within their own family community of vertical. The only people who understand us are top entrepreneurs on, on the planet. And so unless you are around top entrepreneurs on planet when you're growing up or even high school or college or even years after that, it's a very lonely world because you're talking like this and no one understands what you're talking about. So I spent most of my life talking like this and no one understood it, except the people I was interviewing when I was a journalist, an entrepreneur mm. who happened to be a journalist, because I could, I would just seek those people out because they never made excuses. That was just in a different capacity than it is, than yeah. it is now. Okay. Well, interesting stuff. I mean, let's talk a little bit about Epic Life, about the book, and we'll come to Abundance 360 at the end, because I, I definitely have some questions on that, that I'd like to learn a more about. So Epic Life, you wrote the book. When was that book published? It came out in August of 2022, and very grateful that Dr. Peter Diamandis, who leads Abundance 360, wrote the foreword. Yeah, absolutely. And just what, what, what kind of tools are you, are you helping people with in, in, in Epic Life? Like what's the, the so many. Idea? Well, the subtitle is how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. So when people hear that or read that, they're like, huh? It's like almost confusing. I'm like, well, why is it confusing? Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? It's just like, because entrepreneurs, most damaged people with best coping skills, they just, and it's a material world for the most part that we live in, that it's not the focus. And so everyone's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm like, well, here's, here are 30 chapters, 30 answers of how to do that. But I mean, there's a, endless tools, including assessments, mindset, partnering with the right people, tools from Strategic Coach and Abundance 360. Those are two top entrepreneur organizations. Mm. There's guidance from, I mean, each chapter is basically an idea from top entrepreneur on planet. And then I simplified it into a into a chapter. But, you know, the bottom line is, and this is why it's chapter one, which is called The Cream Rises to the Top, is that's something my dad said. My dad said every day that, and he was a true visionary, I mean, pure visionary, you know, cream rises to the top. So he died when I was 13. And so every day he'd say the cream rises to the top. So we just partner with the cream that rises to the top or the ones that will do whatever it takes to rise to the top because they don't make excuses. And so if you are one of those people, then 
then there's 29 more tools in there. But if you're not the cream that rises to the top, then, I mean, then you're not an entrepreneur anyway. Uh, Let's give the listeners the benefit of the doubt and say that they are part of the cream. What can they give? Give me one great tip. One of the best tips that you you can. My favorite one from what people have said is chapter three is winning the wrong game. A true genius visionary, Jesse Elder, I was, I was talking to him, his IQ. I actually don't know what his IQ is, but it's, I mean, it's off the charts. So I was talking to him one day and I'm like, why do you know, these entrepreneurs, they focus on cars, houses and big exits. And I'm like, well, what's going on with that? He's like, oh, they're just winning the wrong game. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll write a chapter about that. And entrepreneurs, again, very, very smart, like hyper intelligent. And just asking that question, what game are you winning? Because most of them are maybe unconsciously aware, but not consciously aware. So just asking that question, asking themselves that question is the first step because an entrepreneur will do what it takes if they understand what they're doing. They will be able to do what it takes to to fix that problem. Okay. Fantastic. You've mentioned Abundance 360, and, and this does link into what we said earlier about surrounding yourself with the right kind of people <laughs> oh, and yeah. being drawn to yeah, yeah. that select kind of cream, let's say, of, of, of the entrepreneurs. Abundance 360 is, is, is first and foremost a, a, a get-together focusing on technology. Is that right? Tech, healthcare, AI, longevity. I would describe that event as 400 Gordons in the same room. <laughs> okay. So there's probably a, a hell of a lot to learn. In oh, that this, the, these <laughs> are the smartest, highest IQ, you know, people right. like Elon Musk are in, I mean, okay. it's, it's that level of. So because, because Climb 23 is, is an event that, that is focused a lot around tech, what are some of your insights as we wrap up this conversation? What can, what some of the insights do you have from that world that you can give us about the future of entrepreneurship? Wow. That's a really good question and difficult to answer simply. However, I'm a simplifier, so I'll I'll do that. So being a journalist for 20 years, you don't get into that for revenue, employee count, office space, all that stuff is meaningless to me. And then not a futurist. Most people in that are very high level futurists and ideators. I am not. So I like to simplify all that content into an answer. So all this tech and AI and chat GPT, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, but there are two things that will never change. Two things, because I'm a simplifier. One, power of real relationships, power of human, real human relationships. We're a world of human relationships. And two is the power of storytelling, power of storytelling. So smoke signals, hieroglyphics, the Bible, the cave paintings, the Constitution, whatever, whatever that is. We're a world of storytellers. So all this technology and whatever that leads to will create better human relationships and better storytelling. That's all it'll do in my mind. Interesting. Even when it potentially could generate the stories on its own, do you feel like that's going to bring humans closer together or? Absolutely. It will create better human relationships. And AI to me is a, so I'm 32 out of 34 in ideation on strength finders. AI to me is a collaborative ideator. Absolutely. Interesting stuff. Justin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And hopefully we'll chat again soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Climb. Remember to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. And if you really like it, tell your friends about us too, because it helps us spread the word. 
Really big thank you to CRSI and Investor Letter for sponsoring this entire event. And if you wanted to learn more about the Climb event and how to get involved with Investor Letter and attend Climb 24 next year, please get in touch via the website at investorletter.com forward slash new hyphen events and the team will get back to you. Thanks again, guys. See you soon.